Welcome to Thoughts on Thriving, a holistic lifestyle and wellness podcast that's here to help you become the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself. I'm your host, Ava, a registered dietitian and wellness junkie. I'm so excited to have you here as I dive deep into meaningful conversations covering topics from nutrition and mental health to spirituality and self-development and everything in between with experts in many fields. I'm so happy you're choosing to learn how to thrive today. Let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Thoughts on Thriving. I'm so happy to have you all here today. I loved the conversation that you all are going to get to listen to in this episode, so I want to make this short so that we can just get on into it. But today, our lovely guest is Carolina Salazar. And Carolina, if you don't know her already from Instagram, TikTok, at the Carolina Lifestyle, is a content creator. She is a hormone specialist, a holistic health coach, and she is just such a light. And you can tell from the energy of this conversation and all the things we chatted about how aligned I felt with her when we were talking. I feel like we had so much in common and it's always fun to have guests that you can kind of talk about everything and anything with and I definitely felt that way with Carolina. I think you guys are going to love this conversation. We cover so many different topics. We talk about spirituality and spiritual awakenings and Carolina's experience with that. We also talked a lot about masculine versus feminine energy and how to tap into that feminine energy that's within all of us as well as letting go of the type A mentality and all or nothing mindsets when it comes to wellness and just living life in general. We also talk about the menstrual cycle and how to sync to your cycle and what's called cycle syncing. And Carolina kind of breaks down the four phases of the menstrual cycle for us. And it's really, really eye-opening if you haven't heard of cycle syncing, how this can change your life. So I highly recommend you listen to the whole episode because that part is sort of in the back end of the podcast. And we also talk about body image and you know, recovering from disordered eating and eating disorders. We talk about so many different things. So I think there's something that everyone can take away from this conversation. I think you guys are going to love it and get so much out of it. Carolina is wise beyond her years, so much fun to talk to, and her energy is just palpable. So if you enjoy this episode, please let us know over on Instagram. Make sure to leave the show a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I will talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy the conversation with Carolina. Welcome, Carolina, to Thoughts on Thriving. I am so, so excited to have you here today. Could you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do before we jump on into everything? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love going on podcasts, so this is awesome. And yes, I'm happy to do a little intro. My name is Carolina. I'm a holistic health coach and hormone specialist and also just a huge advocate for holistic living and self-empowerment for women. I am a content creator on TikTok and Instagram, and I'm the host of the Inner Growth Podcast. And really what I do with my platform is to help women find empowerment through taking ownership of their own health, whatever that means for them. So whether that means they're embracing their bodies and loving their body shape and their like their body as, as it was made, or if that means that they're connecting to their menstrual cycle and healing their hormones, or if that means they're just going deeper and looking within and focusing on their spirituality, it's really all-encompassing. And 
I'm a very multidimensional person. And so I always encourage people to embrace that within themselves. And I've been doing content now for two years and a half. I started on TikTok and it kind of grew on itself and now doing it full time. So exciting. And I feel like you kind of embody all the different things that we talk about on this podcast and um, all the things that I'm passionate about too. So I feel like we have a lot to chat about, but I feel like when I look at you, like on social media, when I consume your content and the things that you post, a word to describe you would kind of be embodied. Like you're very embodied in who you are, in your feminine energy, the ma- the the balance between masculine and feminine, and you're embodied in just kind of all that you preach. So I'd love to know kind of if we go back in time to your childhood and your upbringing, like what do you think has made you this way? Is there anything you can pinpoint or just generally what was your upbringing like? Yeah, I love that question. I love always starting from the beginning. So when I was young, like when I was a kid, I actually lived in Brazil. So I was born there in Sao Paulo. I lived there until I was ending seventh grade. So I was there like wow. to the beginning of my teen years, I was in Brazil. And my upbringing was generally like very nourishing. I'm very grateful. I had like very like loving parents. Um, my dad was and is a consultant. So like he was always traveling. So I think like as a child, that affected me a little bit subconsciously, like wanting to impress him, like wanting, you know, like his love and his validation and stuff. Cause like he just wasn't as physically present. And even though it wasn't because like he didn't care, it was just like his reality of his career. And I think like I'm the oldest sister too. I have a younger brother. And so that's like a huge part of like my identity. Like I'm definitely a stereotypical older sister, like a little bit bossy, like fiery, opinionated, like says it like it is, you know? And I feel like ever since I was little, I've always been very creative. I always like would spend the whole day like drawing, making little books, like writing stories, choreographing dances for my family or like recording videos on photo booth and like dancing so I've always been very creative and for a while that was just like who I was but as I got started getting older like more in my teen years I felt like I was just recording a podcast episode about this I started developing almost this like limiting belief around the success I could achieve as a creative like oh you know if you're a creative person it's way harder to achieve success or if you're a creative person it's like more challenging like there's more competition or like why would you even get a college education if you can just go and like you know do graphic design from our basement like I don't know it was just like there was this limiting belief there and so over time I had to like kind of break that down for myself as I started embodying my creativity again as I started with my account and like everything but overall I was always like very perfectionistic too when I was younger and so that's been a pattern that I've also worked through like learning to heal from perfectionism and learning to feel whole even if you're like don't have everything figured out or even if you make one mistake or even if you get a piece of feedback that you didn't expect like learning to work through that and I think that's like really anchored in the fact that like I am the oldest sister and that like that was my upbringing like always wanting to be like the best in class like wanting to get all the straight A's like wanting to just be this like high achieving person and I think it was coming from a place of just wanting to be loved and wanting to be accepted and as I started to develop that like self-love and the self-acceptance I've been able to work through that like perfectionism as well. Wow. Everything you just said is like, you're like, yeah, me too. I grew up <laughs> like 
was creative and like had all these things as a child always was recorded making dances and all, all the things that you were saying I was like that unlocked a memory inside of me that I forgot wow. um <laughs> so thank you for that and of course you know I the whole older sister I'm also an older sister I have a younger sister and I'm also the child like I was born in Iran so mm-hmm. I moved here not as I wasn't as old as you I moved here when I was three but still just being the child of immigrants is a whole yeah. thing in and of itself as I'm sure you know and the perfectionism and you know I like were you really type a as well growing up yes yeah 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 Yeah. so I feel like it's all just kind of coming together for me in the way that you said (laughs) that so I feel like I feel very connected to what you said but I would love to know how you kind of have been letting go of that type a mentality and kind of trying to to tune back because I feel like you're a very intuitive person now Mm -hmm. How did that happen for you? Maybe we can talk about spiritual awakening and that whole process for you. I was listening to your spiritual awakening journey podcast episode a week ago, and I loved it and connected to so many things in it. I feel like we've had a very similar timeline and have read very similar books Ah. and all the things. So I'd love to dive into that because I love to hear it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I would love to dive into that. And I do think it goes very hand in hand with my spiritual awakening because as a very type A child and like adolescent, like growing up very type A, like the way that came up for me was like, uh, as I said, like very outspoken, very like, I have a list and I have to cross everything off and I have to get the A and I'm going to make this like 10 page study guide. And I'm going to like, you know, it was very much in that type of way. Yes. (laughs) And I think like the thing was that I got a lot of compliments when I was growing up for that, right? Like when you are that like ambitious girl, like, and you are very like hardworking, like people reward you with words, like they're like, Oh, my God, yeah, you're so smart. And like, Oh, yeah, like everyone wants to be in your group for a project or like, you know, I don't know, it's just like little ways like that, where you start getting a lot of validation for it, and it becomes a big part of your identity. And so sometimes detaching from it might feel like, who even am I? Like, if that's not who I am. And it's funny, because like nowadays, I'm like, so different I feel like I still am very I still have that part of me I still am very ambitious and I have like the desire to do great things like we were talking before we started recording like we have the same aspirations like I want a book and I want to like you know grow my message and I want to like maybe have my own products like all this stuff and I think that's a good thing but basically in the beginning of 2020 so in the beginning of the pandemic I got home from abroad. I was studying abroad when COVID hit. So I had to come back. And it was like this whole whirlwind. Like I went through a breakup. Like everything just kind of came crumbling down. And I was like in a really dark place. And at that time, a lot happened at once. And as you remember, probably from the podcast episode where I dive really deep into it, it was like one thing after the next. But it kind of started with my friend telling me to read The Power of Now, which is this really amazing book. So I started reading that. I started unlocking a lot of stuff in my brain. Another friend of mine invited me to do a meditation challenge for 21 days called the 21 days of abundance. So I started doing that. I was just like open. I was like, I don't have anything to lose. Might as well. Like I've always wanted to meditate. Like let's do it. And then I started going into therapy and I started journaling and I started reading other books and it just kind of started bringing me inward. And I started realizing all these things that I was doing because of this validation or because of how I was going to be perceived or because everyone else was doing it, especially in college. And being kind of secluded from other people 
and from a very chaotic environment, which I had at school, and just being like at peace a little bit more at home with my family, with like my roots, with that like environment where like I became who I am. And having this pause almost put on everything in the world, there was no FOMO. Like you weren't looking at content, seeing other people do anything else. Like everyone was doing the same thing. Everyone was looking within or avoiding and like just wanting everything to end. Like, can we just be over already? Like I was actually just not even in that mentality. I was more so in just like diving really deep. And I think as I started to unlock the spiritual side of myself was when I found a lot of healing and like my relationship to my body, my relationship to food, my self-accountability, my romantic relationships, my family relationships, like everything else started improving from this ripple effect of connecting deeper to myself into something greater into like my power to change my life. And I started to realize like that I was very disconnected from my feminine. I was very much in the masculine, like being a type A person basically means like you're very much in your masculine which is good. I mean, I'm an Aries ruled person. I'm an Aries rising, Aries, Mercury, Aries, Jupiter, Scorpio, Mars. Like <laughs> I have a lot of like Mars energy in my chart, but I also have like the Taurus sun and the Taurus Saturn and like this Venusian energy. So I have a little bit of the balance, but I tend to oscillate more in the masculine. And so I started realizing like that was affecting my ability to have like nourishing romantic relationships because I was constantly in the masculine or, like, that's what was causing me to, like, sometimes lash out if I wasn't self-aware and, like, responsive when I was hearing someone else. And so as I started learning about the feminine and incorporating more of that, my connection to, like, the divine, to astrology, to manifestation, to uh, human design, to, like, all these different tools of understanding myself, I then started realizing that there's actually power and also resting, in slowing down, in surrendering, in not knowing all the answers. And I think that's what the pandemic really forced us all to do. It's like, we don't know when this is going to be over. We don't know how this is going to pan out. So you have to surrender because that's not now. Like, that's the future and you have no control. So I think that's kind of what started unlocking this intuitive side inside of me and helping me activate it. And then I think over time, that's what like dissolved the perfectionism a little bit more and the like type a excess completely like I would completely agree because I had a very similar timeline and you know thank you for sharing that whole journey and if you guys are all interested in listening to Carolina's entire spiritual journey I highly recommend that podcast episode on her podcast because it was so kind of it was just kind of nice to hear that you're not alone if you're also going through this and this is actually something I wanted to talk about with you because I feel like you know, I had a very similar spiritual awakening time Mm -hmm. during that time in the pandemic. And I think mine started a little bit before, but the pandemic is what fully unlocked it and gave me the time and space to actually dive into myself and my healing Mm -hmm. and, you know, unlearning all those limiting beliefs that I grew up with, which I am still working on. And I I feel like it's never really done, but it's definitely (laughs) like, caused me to become a way different person than I was then like I look back at who I was before the pandemic and I'm like what even like what were you doing but it's also (laughs) like I'm trying to be compassionate like if it wasn't for yeah if it wasn't for her you wouldn't be where you are exactly so it's kind of a balance of being compassionate for those old versions of yourself and showing up as this new version of yourself so 
I have a lot of questions for you. But the first one, I guess, would be how did you integrate this new version of yourself into your life? Because, you know, the pandemic isn't really as much of a thing. And I know like you went back to school after you kind of went through all this and you had to show up as this new self. And now in your life in New York, it's like such a people don't talk about it. People talk about the healing and the transformation and the spiritual awakening, but they don't talk about what happens after. And What's the integration? Like, yeah. Like what do you, what do you do? So I'd love to know how you have integrated this new self into your life. That's such a good question. No one's ever asked me that actually, but I'm asking for personal reasons because I like, it's hard for me to kind of change, especially in like older relationships that I was in in the past before all of it, you know? Yes. That's like the hardest thing because yeah, the people who know you as you were before, whether it's like your parents or like a family member who you don't see very frequently or like someone from school that you knew before, whatever, those people know that old version of you and they want to ke- almost like keep that old version of you because this new version of you makes them uncomfortable Or it's like they might feel like they don't know you anymore and that freaks them out. And so they like want you to keep like want to keep you in this like old version of you they have in their head. So that's definitely challenging. But for me, basically, like for so I got home from abroad March of 2020. And then in the fall of that year. So in September, I started my senior year at UPenn. And I actually had just started dating my boyfriend who lives in Florida or lived in Florida at the time. Now we live together. But I was like, I don't, I just started dating him. Like, I don't think I want to go back to campus because I want to like nurture our relationship. And like, this is a really important beginning moment of something that I really want to be like a long-term thing. So I ended up not going to campus that whole fall semester until March of the next year. So I stayed home for like a whole year, basically. And I did feel like I was kind of in a bubble. Like I was FaceTiming friends and I was definitely like in touch with friends. But I was also like starting to create content. And like that was something that I didn't do before. Like a lot of things were different. And when I decided to go back to campus in March for the last two months of senior year, it was definitely a growth moment. Like it was definitely a little hard because... On one hand, I got back to the campus and I was like, whoa, I actually feel this closure of like coming here and realizing that like in this new empowered version of Carolina, like everything's okay because I'm okay. And like before I had a lot of struggles, like I struggled with like just like a lot of like unhelpful toxic patterns before lockdown and in doing the healing and in coming back to the same place it was a healing experience too to just like end the college experience with this like positive mindset and like new vision of everything and that was definitely good but overall like I was in the same environment so it was definitely very work hard play hard there was a lot of like partying it was also like a lot of pretty much everyone had already gotten COVID so everyone was like very much in this like party mindset again rah rah like end of senior year let's go like it was kind of that energy and especially like in my apartment my roommates were very much like that like very much about like going out and like going crazy and like blacking out and whatever and 
that wasn't my vibe anymore. Like I hadn't drank like a lot at all when I was home. And so that was really different. But in one way, it reinforced to me like the power of the people you surround yourself with. The people you surround yourself with matters because they can like either bring you up and elevate you and inspire you or they can like cause you to revert back to old patterns. And I definitely was like not in a very inspiring space. So I kind of found it really hard to create content during that time. I think it was also just such a transitional moment. So that was challenging. But I did kind of, you know, start going out more. And I did start like doing some things that like my college self would do. And a lot of judgment came up towards myself. I was like, oh my God, like, why am I doing this? I thought I was this like, you know, perfect wellness person now. And like, I shouldn't be drinking. This is so bad. And ultimately, that was just like a deepening of my healing because really what it was was like, no, like this is just the end of your college. Like enjoy it. Like don't judge yourself, you know. But I think that was, you know, where the growth was visible. It was like I wasn't even though I was going out and like doing that and being my like college senior self and kind of like going a little rah-rah for like a, a month or two. I ultimately was like able to look at myself especially now like with more kindness and just be like it was just a moment it was just a part of the journey that like had to happen and I would have been so sad if I didn't go back and like experience it but that said integrating is a continuous work in progress and like a lot of the times in your healing journey like you'll learn so much and you like read so many books and you absorb so much and it's like a continuous like wave like every trough that like you disconnect from yourself is like an opportunity to connect more deeply with yourself and like to keep going up in the direction of the growth that you're going in and it's not linear at all and so the process of integration is kind of like that it's kind of like up and down up and down like but it's always going upwards as a trend even though it like you dip and then you keep going up so I don't know if that answers your question but like the ultimate thing that I would say is just like it's hard it's like that was like the very like obviously that was like more than a year ago when this happened it was like almost a year and a half ago now so with time after moving to New York after meeting new people here like my friends have changed a little bit like there's not so 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 many people from my past before my healing that I stay in touch with and that's sometimes really sad for me I'll like think back to some friends that I miss and I'm like damn like I kind of wish they, they were still in my life or like we we're a little bit more in touch but I also opened up space for so many new people to come in, more aligned relationships and experiences. And you have to continuously be in this process of letting go as you integrate. Completely. I love everything that you just said and completely agree. I think that it's always kind of like a grieving process every time you enter that new level. And like you have to take time to grieve it. You have to take time to grieve that old version of yourself and all those relationships in your past. And I love when people say, you know, some people are there for a season or a reason or a lifetime. I feel like a lot of people get like attached to relationships and feel like they have to last forever. And it's just maybe that person was just meant to be in your life for a specific reason at that time, but they're not meant to be in your life forever. So I think it's important to kind of be okay with yes. that and kind of learn learn that because that's definitely been a lesson for me and something I'm still learning, of course. Um, 
but I'd also love so to cute. know, you know, in this journey, it's it's really lonely, like I was saying earlier. So if someone's going through this right now, I know when I was in the depths of it, I felt like I was so alone and had no one to talk to. And I turned to things like podcasts and, you know, people on Instagram who are on this journey or have have been through it and talk about it openly. So I would love to know like what your way of kind of feeling less alone during this time was and what tips you would have for someone if they're listening and they're going through this and they're they're really going inward and trying to be on this self development spiritual awakening transformation it's it's really hard sometimes. Yeah. Before I answer that like for you when it comes to like the feeling of aloneness like do you feel like it's because you don't know too many other people who like in your real life like who are into it or who have been through it to talk to or do you just feel like it's like a lot comes up from your past and like or from like your current reality and then you have to like kind of dive into that by yourself that's a great question I think in the in the beginning like I for most of 2020 I think it was the first the first thing you said is like I didn't know anyone I was at home too and I got sent home from college right around when you got home from abroad. And that whole time I was home in LA, I'm from LA and Mm -hmm. I I wasn't around my college friends, not that they are into this stuff, but it was just kind of like me and my family and then some of my home friends, but it was like weird seeing people. And, and it was just kind of like, we were isolated physically, but then it was also like, I'm going through this. So I feel like I have no one to talk about it with. Cause it's like some of the things I want to leave behind are in these relationships. Right. And the, the one thing I will say is I have an amazing boyfriend who is very spiritual himself, and he actually has gotten me into more healing and working with someone that he's worked with. And he's like, he was way more spiritual than I was in the <laughs> beginning. So it was like really nice to have someone who's like been through this kind of stuff to talk to. So I, I'm, I wasn't like completely alone. So I'm really grateful for that because I know some, some people don't even have that. But Mm -hmm. even so, like, I think in the friendship department, it's really hard when you have this group of friends that you've identified with for so many years. And then it's like, well, what now? (laughs) And I think it's also hard in this time to make new friends. Like, it just because of, like, the time that we graduated college, like, we both graduated in 2021. And it was, like, weird still. And COVID was still not normal. And it's just... Yeah, I think a lot of it was like, I can't relate. So I feel lonely, even though I know I'm not alone. And and 100%. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you have your boyfriend. That's really cool. Um, yeah, my boyfriend's was, actually so not spiritual at all. <laughs> so like, I can't really, like, I don't really talk about very, very many spiritual things sometimes with my boyfriend. I'll try. But it's just, he'll, he'll get there eventually in his own timeline. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I feel like with the friendship thing, it's definitely hard as you said, because a lot of the times our friends have the patterns that we learned as well. Maybe we learned from them and then we are like moving beyond that and we're growing from it. And then we want to like maybe find new friends who are also more awake or the process of just feeling alone and navigating that, right? I think for me, the loneliness actually was good because I was super codependent before my healing and it helps me realize like I'm whole and complete by myself. And it actually helped me enjoy my alone time and enjoy being alone a little bit more. So I thought that was like actually a good thing that I learned out of the experience of healing and transforming, coming to myself and like loving my own company. I thought that was really beautiful. But 
also it was really sad like feeling like especially with my family like I wanted to change them like I wanted them to have awakenings too and that felt really lonely because I you can't force someone to have a spiritual awakening like it's simply not something that you can do like you can inspire them you can be the example but you can't be like guys like you have to you have to understand like this and this and like the pattern app told me what it all and like my astrology chart and I learned about my Mars placement and this and, like you're like what are you talking about you know and like that can feel really like sad and lonely because you're like oh I want to talk about it with someone and I think for me it took me really into journaling like journaling was a super big part of my life during my like really big healing moments nowadays I don't journal so frequently I journal when I'm in my therapy sessions we like journal together we'll write down stuff and I love looking back to that and sometimes I'll do like gratitudes but I do think journaling mind dumping like getting it all on paper is really healing really healing so that was a big tool that helps me and I think right now to this day I always appreciate when I meet someone who like has had a spiritual awakening who like understands what I'm talking about because it's not like everyone even in my life today is as spiritual as I am or thinks in the same way and it's sometimes like you have to just learn to accept people's journeys and where they're at and they're still amazing people and they're still really loving and they still care about you even if they don't understand some things and so learning to find that right balance but that's a big reason too why I created the free community that I created for inner growth my podcast because I want that to be a place where like over time more and more people join and it can be this safe space for anyone who's into holistic health and who wants to talk about like astrology or spirituality or books or whatever to be able to meet each other as well. So yes, I love what you're doing with that and kind of creating a space for people to talk about these things openly, especially if they don't have people they can talk to in their real lives about this because it can feel really lonely. And I think you know, you're right. It's like, not everyone is going to be the same type of spiritual that maybe like we have gone through and are right now and embody, but everyone is spiritual in their own way, I believe. And I Mm -hmm. also think that like, when you take a look, like we're, we're all one. So it's not like we're much different from the people that we're like trying to to think that I I don't know I think the spiritual ego can get in the way and can make you think that you're better than other people because you're more spiritual or more aligned or whatever word you want to insert so I think it's also another really good healing practice and just sort of practice for growth is to kind of see everyone as you know the parts of the universe that they are the whatever you believe in God like everyone I believe in God and I think that everyone comes from God so why not treat everyone that way I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everyone, but I think that's a a big learning that I've taken away from, from this and from kind of what I was feeling in the beginning, that feeling of loneliness is like, you're actually not alone. Um, Yes, exactly. And I think that for a long time, the spiritual ego did come up for me and like me feeling like, oh my God, like, how are these people so unaware and unconscious and la la. And eventually I just had to realize like, no. Maybe in this lifetime, they'll have their own awakenings. Maybe they'll have it when they're 80. And like, I can't, I can't accelerate that necessarily for them. But if they observe me embodying and me being who I am and like, and like living what I talk about, maybe they'll become more interested because they'll see that it's working. Completely agree. With the whole spiritual awakening, I know we kind of talked about like being 
more type A and moving towards more type B. So I'd love to talk about like masculine and feminine energy as well, because I know you talk about this a lot and that's something I've been kind of trying to work on because, you know, I've I've been living in my masculine for a very long time, especially growing up. And I feel like school and work are very like masculine focused things. And mm-hmm. I think we don't have enough feminine energy in the world right now. And I think if we all tapped into that more, whether we're male or female, whatever we identify with or non-binary, whatever it is, it's it's an energy. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to say like male versus female for those listening. Yeah. Um, and maybe you can explain it a little more on what the difference is, but I'd love to know some of your like top tips to kind of tap into that feminine energy within us that we all have. Yes. Yes. I love this. I love talking about this. So just to give a little overview before we dive in, but masculine, feminine, as you said, nothing to do with gender. It's just a polarity. It's just like, you can use yin yang. You can say like firm and fluid. Like it doesn't really matter, but basically the masculine is the side of us like because you can have wounded masculine and healed masculine and wounded feminine and healed feminine. And so, or like divine feminine, divine masculine. The wounded masculine is like, I always have to be in action. I'm like angry and I'm trying to control everything. But like the wo- the healed masculine or the divine masculine is like, I have this like solid foundation I create for myself. I take inspired action. I feel aligned in the action I take. I support the people around me. I'm like nourishing and caring for myself and like creating a foundation of like, I have the money coming in. I have the security coming in, have the abundance coming in. Everything's okay. You know, it's like that, like comforting dad, almost like, you know, like it's kind of like that energy, but like, that's also a stereotype. So maybe I shouldn't say that. Um, Anyway, the wounded feminine is more so like, uh, like being really, overwhelmed emotionally and like not being able to process your emotions or like pushing them down or like feeling crazy with your feelings or also like having no discipline feeling really all over the place like having no motivation to do things but then the healed feminine the divine feminine is like the loving the nurturing the surrendered version of you that like doesn't need to control everything like trusts your timing and trusts yourself and trusts other people and like really embodying the energy of like love and creativity and like that's more the divine feminine and so for me it's actually funny I wanted to share this anecdote I went to a women's circle like two weeks ago so like two Fridays ago and it was really beautiful. It was like women of all ages. And we did like a card pull and journaling. It was like a little healing ceremony. And at the end, we were all talking about like walking through for us, like what we were thinking. And it was really cool because a lot of women were saying like that they felt really lonely, that, you know, that's really hard to find like nourishing friendships with women who like support you and who are not trying to compete with you. And feeling like you're in a safe space and you can share emotionally and you can cry and you can be held and you can express a frustration and feel seen and you can just feel surrounded by love and I thought it was really beautiful like I loved that ceremony so much and it just really reminded me like yeah when we're all in our masculine when we're all as women like so caught up in that 
we forget that we can have much more nourishment and like our relationships specifically. And when you like allow yourself to tap into that like feminine version of you that's in touch with your feelings, in touch with your emotions, in touch with like others and holding space and being a listener and being able to support those you love and also being able to embrace that like life is nonlinear and like that it takes its own rhythms and just like tapping into more of that magic that's really where like the feminine can thrive and can heal and we're talking about in the ceremony how like we're in this moment right now where we need like collectively to activate the feminine like we are having a feminine energy awakening overall which is really powerful and really great and I'm really happy that it's happening but the ways I tap into my feminine a lot of the times is like not trying to control everything like I think I used to be very much more in the I need to control exactly how I'm going to have this conversation and I'm going to prepare before all the points that I'm going to make and la la. And then now being like able to have more vulnerable conversations and expressing my truth more vulnerably and more honestly and holding space for other people to do the same is a good way for me to step into it. Also like creativity. So like everything I do that I was saying earlier, like I've always been creative. So tapping into that, tapping into that like inner childlike joy, like that's a good way connecting to nature taking showers and baths like being in water being in the ocean grounding practices so like whether that's meditation or journaling or like cooking a really nourishing meal for yourself which is also a creativity thing like you're creating a meal all of those come to mind as well as like connecting more with the divine so whether that's like connecting with your own oracle cards or a pendulum or you're doing like a tarot deck pull or you're just journaling you know for after meditation or stuff like that I love all of those and I think that I love the idea of going back to like that inner child within you because I feel like inner child healing is a form of tapping back into that feminine energy so whether it's like listening to music or like dancing I feel like that's a really great way to tap yes into feminine energy as well yeah your hips yeah exactly and you know speaking of the feminine energy I kind of want (laughs) to it's already like 45 minutes and I'm like now let's get into the health and wellness stuff but this conversation has (laughs) all of this has been health and wellness exactly exactly but I do want to tap into kind of the physical health aspect because I think that that's so important and you are a holistic health coach and hormone specialist. So I would be remiss not to talk about that with (laughs) you. So I'd love to kind of, and I I heard you on a podcast once say like one way you can tap back into your feminine is by sinking to your cycle and like being more aware of that. So I would love to dive into, you know, the menstrual cycle, cycle syncing and how we can tap into our feminine energy via cycle syncing and hormonal health and balance. Yes. Do you want me to dive into just like how to connect more of your cycle overall? Yeah. And maybe like given, I don't know how familiar my audience is with every like phase of the cycle. So if we can give like a brief overview of the four phases and maybe like your favorite things to do during each one, whether it's like foods you like to eat or exercise. I think that cycle syncing is something that I know a lot of people are interested in, but we haven't really tapped into it on the podcast yet. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. So basically, our cycle is made of four phases, and the easiest way, the way I always talk about it, 
the way I like introduce them even in my course is as seasons because it's a really cool way of tapping into it. And the thing with like feminine energy and also like our lives and our bodies and our menstrual cycles is like everything is cyclical. A day is cyclical. It's 24 hours repeats itself. Seasons are cyclical. They repeat themselves after the fourth one is done. A week is seven days. A month is 30 to 31 days. Like it's just a year is uh, 365 days. Like it always repeats. Like we're, that's why I'm like kind of always just like, I think it's funny when people are like, it's 20 days before 2023. Like it's time to get your life together. It's like, no bro. Like next year is like a continuation of this one. Like it's just an opportunity to continue growing. Like you don't have to restart your whole life. Like it's fine. Um, But anyway, so our cycles are also cyclical, right? And they're very in like a very good representation and a mirror to nature and to the seasons so our period is like our inner winter and when you think of winter winter is cold you want to be inside you want to rest you're like more sleepy you don't really want to go out as much you prefer like making like a soup or like something like it's like soup season you know it's like tea season it's the same thing with your period so your inner winter is a time for you to embrace being more slow nature is slow during the winter why can't we be slower too right like you don't have to be like running a marathon in the winter like no like you know so the same thing with your cycle it's like a time for movement wise physically mentally emotionally socially to just slow a little bit but a little bit more that's when your hormones are the lowest and then after that comes spring right spring comes everyone's like spring cleaning like setting intentions it's a new year like the new astrological calendar starts with Aries, which is in the spring. Like everything's kind of like a freshness. So that's when your hormones start to rise. So your estrogen, your testosterone starts to go up a little bit. You start to get more energized. And so just like you would start to want to go on walks and to meet up with people and to like try a new restaurant or to like go get a coffee, like it's the same thing with your inner spring. So that's like kind of the best way to think about it. So it's a good time for you to start brainstorming new ideas. Right? Like I have so many ideas during my inner spring, which is also called your follicular phase. It's just like this time of a lot of bubbly like energy, a lot of new ideas, inspiration, not necessarily like taking action. It's more so like brainstorming and like embracing the like creative flow and the energy you have to like go channel into like a workout and like move your body maybe network with someone new, that kind of thing. And then we go into our ovulation, which is the shortest part of our cycle. And it's our inner summer. Same thing with summer. It's like, think of summer. Everyone wants to be like in the New York City rooftops, like watching the sunset, like dancing the night away, traveling, fun. Like everyone just wants to be expressing and exploring and enjoying. And it's the same thing with your ovulatory phase. Sometimes, like, I'll be, like, so crusty. Like, I did not put myself together at all. And I'm walking the street. And then, like, I'll notice people are, like, looking at me. Or I'm, like, getting catcalled. And I'm, like, I did not put any effort into this. And that's because, like, usually you are just more magnetic during your ovulation. And then this time is also, like, again, really good to go for that workout. To, like, sweat. To get more movement in. To get just embrace more intensity in your life. And then after that comes your luteal phase. Which is when you're... Your hormones peak when you ovulate. Your body releases the egg ready to be fertilized. If someone does not literally like come inside of you, like if sperm does not enter your body during that part of your cycle, if you're not a birth control, like you're not going to get pregnant. 
And that's when you enter your luteal phase, which is your body preparing to shed your uterine lining when you get your period. And that's why it's really important to start slowing down. And this is when it's hardest for people to slow down because it's not like you actually have your period yet, but it's like your body needs to feel safe enough for one. So you have to like embrace slowing. Just like the leaves fall, the trees get more bare, like we're also more sensitive in our inner autumn, like emotionally, things might feel a little bit more like attacks on us. Like if someone makes a, a little comment or a little feedback, you're like, oh my God, like we get like more sensitive and more defensive. So we're a little bit more activated or inner critic is a little more activated. So it's just good to be self-compassionate. It's just good to be more mindful of like, how much coffee are you drinking? How much like activity are you doing? Like when you have low energy, your instinct might be to go for like the berries class. But actually that's not what's most supportive in your luteal phase. It is more supportive to tune in and align with the slowness and to sleep a little more or just like swap to like, less weights if you're lifting weights in the in the gym or like a yoga flow or a Pilates class, something like that. That's kind of like the overview of the cycle. I like doing it with the phases because people always then remember it afterwards. Yeah, I love the comparison to the seasons. I think that's a really good way to kind of characterize each phase. Which one's like your favorite to be in? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think follicular. That's my I favorite love, too. Like, yeah. I love when I just finished my period and I'm just like, yeah, it's like I'm so excited and like I'm so bubbly and I have so many ideas. Like I am a brainstorming queen during my <laughs> follicular phase, literally. Yeah, I love that one. I love the feeling of not having my period anymore and having all this energy that I didn't have the week before. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like um, when I'm in my luteal phase, I'm like, oh, look, I just want to be in my follicular phase. Like, oh, but luteal one is the trickiest one I find some of them are much trickier than others like sometimes the luteal is like you're gonna feel really down about your body and just like more bloated and whatever that's why like eating blood blood sugar balancing meals and like eating foods that are going to keep your blood sugar stable are really helpful during your follicular or sorry during your luteal phase because that's when like you're most likely to get like that like insatiable hunger if you're not showing your body support with those blood sugar balancing meals and your like insulin is going crazy. Yes. And that's a whole nother talk. I wish we had more time to kind of dive into that because that's a huge, that's huge. Um, but and we definitely can do a part two. Yeah, exactly. I would love to have you on again. I feel like there's so many more things that we can talk about. Just kind of to round it out, I had a couple more questions for you. The first of which you kind of mentioned, you know, feeling a little more down about your body and you've mentioned body image a couple of times and I know you've had your own experiences with disordered eating or an eating disorder. I'm not sure which and I feel like so many women have. I've had my own experiences and I would just kind of love to hear how you were able to heal knowing what you know now. I know that's like a big question, but it's a very like big a- question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually just released because I actually have the spiritual journey story, the mental health journey story. And I just I think last week, was it last week? No, two weeks ago, released the like my body image and ED healing experience episode. So I actually okay, have like but- a whole episode I just released on my podcast about it. But I think the biggest things that have helped me heal my body image 
are one understanding that I chose this body like my soul I really believe my soul chose for me to be Carolina in this life like I don't think I'll ever like we won't ever live another life as this version of us like I might live another life I think I probably will but it's never gonna be as Carolina again I'm never gonna have the same family the same body the same hair like it's never gonna be the same so your soul chose this for a reason you're probably not going to know what the exact reason is, um, but it's that helps me just like realizing that there's an ultimate divine reason why like I'm here in this vessel. And also this vessel, like luckily, is healthy. And I have like all my organs, my legs, my arms, like I have a good body. I have a health, like I have health, a healthy body that carries me through life experiences. It allows me to move and dance and eat and see and smell and sing and speak and do all these amazing things that's really helped me just overall like see my body from a different angle and appreciate it just be like oh like yes like this is my vessel like this is carolina's vessel that helps me a lot and then also remembering that like everyone's gonna judge always like people are always gonna judge even if you try your best to avoid someone judging a part of your body, it's like it's pretty much always going to be there. And so what matters most is you letting go of your own self-judgment because that you have control over and you don't have control over someone else's perception. Like you really don't. Um, so that's another thing. And then just realizing too, like genetics is a huge part of it. Like there are some girls that like are born – with like no boobs and other girls are born with like bigger boobs or like some girls are born really athletic and other girls are really good dancers like other girls are really good singers like everyone is born with like something about their body that's unique and different and like genetics plays a big role like as much as you can do great things for your body you can eat healthy you can you know move your body you can nourish your mind your body you're at your healthiest might not look exactly the same as someone else who might be like in your eyes the definition of wellness like it's just a stereotype and so like learning that too I'd say is the third thing that has helped me the most yeah I love all of those and I think with the with the kind of ideal body type that you just kind of mentioned it's like someone might be the poster child for wellness in your eyes but they might really be super unhealthy on the inside like you never know someone's situation Um, unless you're in their body. And even then, like some people are disconnected from their own bodies and their from their health. And so it's, it's never a good, it's never going to end in a good result to like compare yourself and your body to someone else's. I feel like that never really works. But I I love that. I love the sentiment that, you know, your body's just a vessel that you're living in this world through. So why not take the best care of it as you can, and love it as best as you can. And I feel like that energy also helps to help you feel the healthiest. And it actually makes differences in like how you physically feel. It's not like, oh, I will take care of my body and my health. But if my body doesn't look a certain way because of that, then I'm just going to throw all those healthy habits out the window. It's like, no, you should do those healthy habits because you're taking care of yourself for your health, not for like the way that it's going to make you look. Yeah, it's like from what we've learned, I'm sure 
you've learned these things when you were younger. It's like, we're told that like, we should be healthy to look a certain way. And that's a huge unlearning that I've had to do. And I feel like I'm so not alone in that. I feel like so many women out there have had to deal with that. And a lot, maybe you still are dealing with that. So you're not alone if you're going through that, no matter what age you are and no matter like how you grew up. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And it seems to me like you live a very balanced life as well. Like you live this 80-20 lifestyle of all the health and wellness, but also the fun and the partying and just kind of the that 20% of kind of fun stuff sprinkled in. So I'd I'd love to kind of talk about how you achieved this balance because it can be really easy. I mean, personally, I tend to go very extreme, like all or nothing. And I used to be a very black or white thinker. So I think balance is actually one of the hardest things to achieve, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. when it comes to wellness and health. So what do you do to stay balanced? I mean, I'm like the same way. I've I've definitely grown from having an all or nothing kind of way. Like my parents like to always say like zero or 100, right? Like in Portuguese, you say like oito oitenta, like eight or 80. Like it's like the same thing, but like I've always been a little bit like that. And so learning balance for me has been like one of the biggest learning lessons for sure. And something I'm constantly working on. And the best analogy I have to describe balance is a pendulum. If you take a pendulum or a necklace and you like hold it in your hand, like the the string and the necklace in the bottom, and you swing the necklace to one side or the pendulum to one side and you let it go, it's going to swing exactly to the same like amount of length outward on the other side and the opposite end and it's going to keep going boom 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 like to each side to each side same amount of distance on both sides until it arrives back in the middle and so the key is not going all the way out to the one end of the pendulum and then swinging all the way to the other end it's like letting it swing in smaller increments out from that balance point because I think a lot of perfectionists struggle with zero to 100 mindset where it's like either it's perfect or it's horrible. Either it's like perfect and I'm doing everything or I'm like drop one thing and all out the window. And so that's why healing my perfectionist perfectionism tendencies has gone hand in hand with healing from my zero to 100 tendencies and learning that if you miss a day of something, just start again the next day like just get back into it or like if you go out like the next day just let yourself rest a little bit more let your like don't go out and like go like let me go get a coffee and go to the workout and like keep going in this like crazy intense way it's finding the tuning back in the day after that fun stuff like you know or learning like well how many drinks can you have that like you'll still have a really fun time and you're maybe not overdoing it like it's a constant learning and it's probably going to take a lot of trial and error to figure out like how much is too much, how little is too little, how much is just enough. And it might change depending on how much you ate that day or how much you are already tired. Like, are you already a little burnt out or like having that awareness of yourself of what you need helps. It's just, it's really hard to be perfect at balance. Like the pendulum is never going to be just like stuck there right in the middle, like in neither extreme. Like there's always going to be an oscillation a little bit to more to the masculine, a little bit more to the feminine, a little bit more to like maybe you're going out like two nights, but then you're like really tired the next day. And then maybe the next weekend you don't go out. Like 
it depends. Like two weekends ago, I actually ended up overdoing it a little bit on the going out. Like I went out Friday and then I went out Saturday and then I was super tired both days. And I like had fun. I had great nights both nights, like really fun with friends, like dancing all night. But then I ended up getting sick and my body was like, okay, you need a break. Like you're overdoing it. Rest, you know, that was a little bit more towards the extreme side. But then there's been other times. But then this past weekend, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to drink. I just rested my body. Yes, that was a little bit zero and a hundred. But like, again, the pendulum has to go to the other side until it can slowly arrive at that smaller increment. So learning to go to those smaller increments, learning to like figure out the right balance for you. It's so unique and so different, like different moments in your life are also going to mean different things. Like when you're in grad school or when you're working or when you're studying or when you're a mom, in all those moments, balance is going to mean different things. Totally. I really like that pendulum example because it kind of helps to to visualize like what the balance actually looks like. And I also think that you're not going to be fully balanced like all the time. So one day you might be super, like you said, like one weekend you were really going out and stuff. So one day you might not be the best person like in your career, you might not be focusing on that, but you're really focused on your self-care that day. And then maybe another day you're really focused on your work and you're not really you know, into the whole self-care. Maybe you didn't work out that day. And then over time, like when you look at it as a whole, it's a balance, but like, I don't think it's possible to have every day be perfectly balanced. So I think that that's also an idea that people need to let go of that I've had to let go of with this whole practice of trying to become more balanced because I don't think that that would ever work for me. So I think on social media too, there's a lot of this perspective where we see some content creators that are just like, just posting their morning routine or just posting they're cleaning their house or whatever it is. And it's like, bro, like you're not cleaning your house every like <laughs> it, every second of your day. Or like, they're, yeah. like what people portray in one video a day in their social media isn't a representation of their entire life. And like maybe there are some people who like they just focus on their wellness and like they don't have the fun. It's like life is meant to be fun too. Like we're humans. We're hardwired to like also want to have fun. And I think it's great to make space for that. It's good for your health too to prioritize joy. Of course. That's one of the biggest things. I feel like when you get into health and wellness, or at least it was this way for me, it's like, you can't have fun. You have to focus on your health, like all these things. But like, that's a huge part of health and your relationships and like nurturing those and socializing. And it's people don't talk about that enough. So I'm really glad you brought Mm -hmm. that up. Okay. I have like five rapid fire questions for you if we have time. Perfect. The first one is what is your favorite fruit? My favorite fruit? fruits banana do you know freely the banana girl D- no. did you remember oh my god there's this girl <laughs> i found her in high school she like only ate bananas like that that was her whole day yeah it's crazy oh and my when god. you said that it made me think of her for some reason <laughs> which is hilarious and very unhealthy so no one should be doing that <laughs> i mean you already kind of talked about this a little bit but the next question is what's your sun sign and maybe you can taurus. give us like yeah taurus Taurus is represented by the five senses and it's like all about like our 3D experience so it's like I love all the things to do with my five senses whether it's like music or dancing or making really yummy food and cooking or like I have so many candles or like perfume so many I love like makeup and skincare and like dressing up and like all of that and then I also do get a lot from people that like I ground them or like I have this ability to like just like make people feel very like nourished and cared for. 
which I do also think it comes from my Cancer moon, but I love it. That is my sun sign. And your human design is generator, you said? Yes, emotional generator. And then what is one book that changed your life that you would recommend to everyone? So many. I know, this is a hard one. I mean, I would say like spiritually, Power of Now or The Power of the Subconscious Mind is really good. And then also more so on like the feminine empowerment untamed is amazing love that book wild woman's way is a little bit more about feminine energy is really helpful and period power more so about like menstrual wellness oh i haven't read that one that one's really good that's actually where i learned the seasons love it and then what is one habit or ritual that you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you habit or ritual i do every day or it can be making no breakfast. Sleep. What's yes. your favorite breakfast? I have like three. <laughs> I love like avocado toast with eggs. I love yogurt bowls. And oh, I love, the ones you make online are look uh, so good. I love a good yogurt bowl. And then I'd say those are my two favorite actually. And if you guys don't follow Carolina, I'll, I'll ask you to like share where everyone can find you. But she makes amazing recipe videos and everything she makes <laughs> looks amazing. So make sure to give it's her a It's the Taurus in me. It's the Taurus <laughs> in me. Um, and finally, this podcast is called Thoughts on Thriving. So what are your thoughts on thriving? What do you think the key to thriving is? I think the key to thriving is believing in yourself and believing you are worthy believing you are complete by yourself, believing you are whole and complete. Like you have to believe that because every relationship in your life and every experience in your life is a reflection of your gratitude and your self-compassion and how you feel about your life and yourself. If you love your life, you're going to find more experiences that are going to help you love your life. If you fall into a negative mindset and all you can think of is everything that's going wrong, you're probably going to keep going down that loop. But one thing I always remember is that like people always say, you know, like you only feel an emotion for 60 seconds, but that's not 100% the whole of the story. It's like what triggers emotions are thoughts. If you have repeated thoughts or intrusive thoughts, you're going to keep feeling the same emotion over and over and over. So becoming mindful of your thoughts and your awareness of them is what helps you realize which thoughts are triggering which emotions and start to think different thoughts to create different experiences for you I love it and then you'll thrive yes (laughs) and it's uh, also another thing it's also um I think I've seen this in uh TikTok recently where it's like you have to flop to slay it's like you have your flop (laughs) era and then you have your slay era and I think it's really true in the sense of like you have to lose yourself to find yourself and like you can't always be on an upward all the time like an upward track like you have to sometimes lose yourself or forget certain things to relearn them or to connect to them again. So like thriving isn't, it's something you can consciously create, but you have to embrace the moments where you might feel like you're not thriving so you can create new habits and new things in your life that will help you feel better. That is a beautiful answer. I love what you added on to the end, like completely. You can't like expect to be quote unquote thriving all the time. You have to also accept that you will not be, and that will lead to more thriving. So 
Very well said. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. (laughs) Of course. It was so fun. And I would love for you to share where everyone can find you and all your offerings, your podcast, your community, everything. Yes. Thank you. So if anyone wants to follow along, you can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at the Carolina Lifestyle. And then my podcast is called Inner Growth on TikTok. Um, And on Instagram, there's also like an account if you want to follow. So on TikTok, it's inner growth pod. And on Instagram, it's innergrowth.co. And if you want to join our free group, it's also on Geneva. And it's everything for the, the inner growth group is linked in the Instagram links and in the TikTok, like link in bio. And if you want to join my course, it's a self-paced cycle thinking course to learn all the ins and outs of the cycle, how you can implement it, track it, like how you can balance your meals and reduce your stress, everything. All of that is also linked in my link in bio, which is stan.store slash the Carolina lifestyle. Amazing. Yay. Everyone go check Carolina out. And thank you so, so much again for being on today. I had so much fun. Thank you. I also had so much fun. It was great. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening.